Welcome. This episode is dropping on Valentine's Day. I don't know what that brings up for you. If you are in love, if you are out of love, if you have heartbreak or are single, this episode is about self-love. Not only self-love, but digging into your intuition to guide you on your best path. I start with a story of manifesting, not to brag or to shine, 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 but just to show how manifesting it's happening every day. You are a powerful manifester, and I share this story to inspire you to keep that going. And yes, I am recording this episode as I'm driving in my car. So buckle up, here we go. Hi, this is Stephanie Zito, host of This Passionate Life and Passions to Profits Coach. In this podcast, we explore all things related to helping you turn your passions into profits. Hello and welcome. In this podcast episode, we are going to dig into self-love, the power of self-love, and alongside that, intuition. So really looking at how self-love serves us and it actually serves those around us as we show up stronger and vibrating more fully with who we truly are and loving that, accepting, owning it, loving it, and how our intuition, listening to our inner self-talk, our guides, we'll get a lot more into that, is a part of self-love and it goes hand in hand. So I am coming off of the heels of an online event through Facebook called Align 2020, where I got to be a speaker, and I I know that I fully manifested that happening because I have had it in my mind that this year I would like to do more summits. I'd like to speak more and to share my message and to help more people. So along comes... (laughs) this uh, cover, this Facebook cover, and I must have seen it through another Facebook friend, Kasha Burke. Burke? Burke, that's her last name. She's uh, Australian, so I don't do the Australian accent very well, but I do love it. And I saw on the Facebook cover, there was one of the circles for one of the speakers was a question mark. And I was like, oh, well, that clearly is for me. So I connected with the organizer whose name is Leah Jade Winnen, also Australian. I'm loving my Aussies. And and then boom, here we here we went. Here we go. And I'm just so impressed with her. I'm so impressed with I think within a week she just sort of put this together and made it happen. And she had last I checked close to if not hitting already 400 people who are listening in and getting a lot of great content from these amazing speakers that I had the privilege to be beside. So I'm just sharing that because I'm feeling the good vibes and just sharing that the manifesting, it does work. I would love for you to share your manifesting stories with me as well. And it was part of coming from my practice of self-love. And my practice of self-love was getting super comfortable with what I actually do. Like 100% who I am, all the pieces, the multi-passionate pieces of Stephanie. Because I can come, I don't know, I can come on, come across kind of random to some people because I've just done a lot of different things in my life and brought together 
the intuitive piece of my work, the ability to talk to other people's guides and the deceased people of others to help with guidance for that person, to help them on their path. And I bring in the wisdom of yoga to help as well. So we are going to start with that. We're going to start with the self-love piece. And there's a concept in yoga. There's these, these sutras, the yoga sutras of Patanjali. This is a sort of a book of philosophy because yoga is more than the, than the physical practice. And it's also sort of like a way of living. It's like a guide, guideposts for how to live. And in the yoga sutras, there are the yamas and the niyamas. The yamas and the niyamas are sort of like the do's and don'ts of how to live life, how to be a good person. The yamas are the do's. And the first one is called ahimsa. Ahimsa is non-harming, which is lovely. Non-harming. It's basically like, let's not harm other people. Let's not harm the planet, the animals, and let's not harm ourselves. And we can take that very literally, but we can also bring that down to, to me, a more compassionate level in self-love of how we talk to ourselves. And when I do in ahimsa practice in my yoga classes, I talk about just the self-talk we give ourselves within that practice and even off the mat. As you go through your day, how do you, how do you talk to yourself in the morning when you wake up? How do you talk to yourself when you succeed or when you don't succeed, when you feel confident, when you don't feel confident? What kind of voice resonates in your head? And this can be your own voice and sometimes it can be the voice of different people who may have said something to you even in childhood so those things can become beliefs and I mean we're all we're human so you know I I don't know maybe there's some people out there who don't have negative self-talk but (laughs) go ahead and show me them and I'm like okay I don't know maybe the Dalai Lama maybe one day I'll be able to talk to the Dalai Lama and find out if he has negative (laughs) self-talk that'd be a great conversation but for all intents and purposes it shows up for all of us we are human so the guidepost there is to take that and I, I tell you, write it down, write down all the, excuse me, the shitty stuff you might say to yourself. Stephanie is write it down. Look at it, acknowledge it, let it be seen, let it come out of the shadows and see the light. Because when it lurks in the shadows, it can just hide, it can just kind of gnaw, it can just be there, it's always there. When you bring it to the light, what happens to a shadow when you put light on it? It, it, it evaporates, it disappears, it goes away. It cannot exist when you shine the light on it. When you shine the light on it and you do the work, it, it must disappear. It has nowhere else to go because you've shown it light, you've shown it love, you've shown it compassion. So write those things down. And if you're driving, clearly wait till later to do it. Maybe take a mental note of some of those things and notice how they feel in your body. Let's get in there. Notice how they feel. Notice where you feel them. This is not a place of self-harming. This is a place of compassion, of seeing yourself, of seeing those negative things you say to yourself. Just as you would if you have children, your child, or a friend who you dearly love. Just holding that person with compassion and love that is you. And then you're going to just take inventory of how that feels, where you feel those vibes in your body. The second piece is to do the same practice, writing your name and then equaling 
what you really do know about yourself, those positives, those truths that you really know are true. Stephanie is courageous. Stephanie is loving. Just give yourself the gift of acknowledging the beautiful, unique, and amazing person that you truly are. So you can take a moment to acknowledge those things mentally. If you're in a place where you cannot write, if you are, go ahead and take those notes, write them down. Those are incredibly important to shift the script. And every single time you hear that negative self-talk, be like your own best friend. Be like your own champion. It's like snapping a rubber band on your wrist to reorient yourself, to, to recreate those thoughts every single time. And as you do that, you slip into them less and less. You shine the light, the shadows dissipate, and there is only light. There is only love. So that's one area of self-love is to do that practice of seeing those parts of you that could use some healing and love and shining the light on them and giving yourself that light. And the other part is your actual actions. So in yoga, we talk about yoga being a steady, gentle practice, a steady, gentle practice. That means that if something hurts, we don't do it. If we're doing something just to to look good or to get praise from the teacher or to uh, kind of even compete with the person next to you or some imaginary perfect yogi in the room. So we just, we just don't allow it. We just don't do it because why we're only hurting ourselves. We're, we're hurting ourselves through the thoughts we're having or through the actions we're taking. So same thing off the mat. What actions are we taking to provide self-love? And looking at what our bodies really need, the food we eat, the sleep we get, the, the people we surround ourselves with. This even includes your Facebook feed. Instagram, I feel like it's a, I don't know, maybe it's the same, maybe curating it the same. But if there are certain people who you look at and for some reason you feel triggered, perhaps by their circle of friends, their successes, how they talk about their success, whatever it might be, we go right on back to that first practice I mentioned. We go back to writing on the things that you say to yourself that are not nice and replacing those with those beautiful thoughts that you know are true. And then we decide, is participating in this feed serving me? And if it's not, even in that moment, just unfollow them. You don't have to keep that in your feed. Curate your feed. Take a moment to notice what serves you the most. And what I've found is I've gotten really clear on my purpose, my passions, what it is I meant to do. And it, it might take me time, but 10 years from now, five years from now, right now, today, tomorrow, I've noticed that my feed is amazing. I've got these people from all over the world doing amazing things who inspire me and lift me up. And, you know, maybe there are some people I have had to unfollow because I allow myself to, you know, notice if I feel triggered, if I feel that something bumps up against me that doesn't feel nice or good, that's okay. I don't have to, I don't have to make myself follow them. There's, there's no 
rule around that. <laughs> it's your feed. It's what it's what's serving you. It's what's working for you. So there needs to be no guilt around that. We can all let that go. We can let that go. So notice how you curate your feed. Notice what serves you best. How you're even using your technology. Are you picking up that phone first thing in the morning and mindlessly scrolling Facebook or checking your email? What would serve you best when you wake up? What would serve you best when you are starting your day? You're coming from hopefully this fresh sleep, hopefully some fresh sleep. What would serve you best? Would it serve you best to journal? Would it serve you best to not be on technology? You might really love just checking that Facebook feed. That's fine if that serves you best, if you love it, if that's a good way to start your day. If it's kind of wasting time a little bit to be looking at that uh, email feed first thing and it's better to to wait because you're going to look at it again later anyway, then it is kind of helpful to look at consolidating your time and how you use your technology. So, and that serves you in a lot of ways. You know, if you're with your family, with friends, uh, with your kids, it means that we're not always looking for those dopamine hits when we see how many likes we've got or we see who's responded to what we've written or what we've posted or if we got some hearts on our Instagram stories or whatever. So... Just taking inventory, being really mindful, being intentional of how we use those feeds, how they serve us. Uh, What I've started doing when I'm in the car is I'm listening to other people's podcasts. I'm getting inspired by what they talk about and what they're putting out there. I'm stoked for them. Sometimes I'm listening to a Facebook Live. not watching it. I'm listening to it if I'm in the car driving or perhaps if the kids are busy and I'm making dinner. I, I give myself some time to do that. So it just feels luxurious. It feels lovely. Perhaps take inventory of the alcohol you drink at night, the the foods that you go towards that seem like comfort foods. How can we reorient that feeling to best serve, best love you and what you truly want? Even if it means just letting things just be a little bit, finding some ease a little bit. Just being gentle with yourself a little bit more. So those are some tips that come from yoga around self-love, around how we treat ourselves, how we talk to ourselves, how we allow information in that best serves us, and the actions that we choose to take to also serve us. So where does intuition come to play in all of this? Using our intuition is an act of self-love. So I don't know how you feel about your intuition. If you feel like you are solid with your intuition, you use it, you've had instances where you've really had your intuition guide you, or if you are afraid of your intuition because you don't really want to know what it has to say to you, or what it even means or is, but there's sort of a lot that goes into this intuition piece. And some of it is our own gut feel, which we're gonna talk a little bit more about where that is, what that is. And there's also the piece of intuition that is really being guided by your guides, that is being guided by sort of higher power, higher self, and even being guided by your, they could be guides, they could just be your soul family 
who is no longer with you, even people who are deceased. So there's sort of a variety of ways in which your intuition can show up. I'm going to talk mostly about your intuition that is yours and that intuit the intuitive space the intuition the center of the intuition is it's kind of in your forehead like a space right between and above your eyebrows uh, and that is where the pineal gland resides and what's interesting is if you look up the pineal gland it is thought to be like a, a primordial eyeball so if you think of your third eye it literally has the the makings of an eye. It has nerves that would have attached to the optical nerve. It it would have been a third eye, which is so interesting. Just wondering what that actually what that meant for uh, for us in the past. Like even just way beyond what we think of uh, the beginning of of humanity. So so that's kind of interesting to notice where that comes from. If you want to access the third eye and to kind of wake it up you can actually tap on your forehead when I do my intuitive readings and I read what's going on with your chakra system with your guides um, and with your highest self I do I do that it's part of what I do I do tap my third eye I tap my forehead that's what I learned in my training to even do that so that is a thing Uh, we also know that our gut is very intelligent and there is sort of wisdom in our gut there's there's research around that there's books around that now so we can look that up some more but sometimes we talk about a gut feel there's something about that what's so interesting to me recently actually just last Sunday as I was leaving to go teach yoga uh, Bella was supposed to go do something that afternoon she's supposed to go sell some cookies with her Girl Scout troop and she Bella seemed fine she was fine on Saturday there was like nothing wrong with her Um, it was an overcast day it was supposed to rain and normally I mean I'm an outdoors person I'm all about like rain or shine we just get out there and we just do stuff but I just had this gut feel to have her stay home and that she shouldn't go and I'm like I don't know I'm not usually like this but I'm just gonna go with it so um, and there was this piece for me I just have a background which I feel like I've done a lot of work on but of people pleasing and of feeling guilty or feeling bad that it's last minute and it's not like she was sick but of letting down the troop or another person could have taken her spot yada yada anyway I I know enough just to not you know buy into that too much and just to know we're all doing our best and to let that go but guess what I came home from teaching and my husband tells me Bella has a sore throat and a headache (laughs) she's sick so I mean there was something about that gut feel and I'm sure you have some stories like that that you know speak to that I, I mean I look back at where I first really started to tap into my intuition and it was at a time in my life when I really needed to leave a relationship I was in and I did not want to listen to my intuition one bit and there were signs I mean the universe was just throwing down signs but I was being stubborn and I thought I knew what I was supposed to be doing and how it was supposed to be working and that this was it and a lot of it I think was actually fear it was fear of the unknown it was at that time like fear that I would find love again and that it would work out in the future and I could find someone that would love me and so there was fear getting in the way of me really 
trusting my intuition and trusting that my intuition had my best interest at hand. So I say that because if you're in a place where you are looking to leave a relationship, if you're looking to leave a job, uh, but there's some fear around that, um, if there's fear around really even knowing what your passions are because you're afraid if you know what they are, it's just gonna mess everything up. Anything that you have that's stable, you think it's just all gonna topple. And you know what? It kinda might, but the more clear we get, the more clear you allow yourself to be guided, you know that those inklings, they're there for a reason, and you, you can only ignore them for so long. So it might take, you know, I mean, my journey could have been different. I could have left that relationship earlier. I think it was fine. I kind of went on the path that I needed to in my in that example. But could I have done it faster? I think now I do things a lot faster and I'm more comfortable with those decisions. So there was a growth process that needed to happen to get to that place. So how do you know it's your intuition? Is it that gut feel? Is it uh, something that you hear? Is it is it a voice? It's important to kind of scan your body for where you feel it and what it feels like or how it shows up for you. If it's something you see, if there's a signal that happens out there in the world, those things are all very valid and very useful to get even closer to your intuition because your intuition is self-love. It is literally like the highest sense of self-love. It's, it's the, it's there for your best and highest good to serve you and to serve those around you. So it is not selfish. It is not self-serving. It will not lead you astray. So a question might be, how do we decipher between intuition and fear? So that can come up sometimes where, like with my daughter, was I just being this over overprotective mom or was there something that I kind of knew? Now, that's one where it really helps to know your intuition. It really helps to know how your intuition shows up and where it shows up. Because fear will feel differently. Fear might feel more tense. Fear might feel like quicker thoughts. Fear might feel, um, I don't know, like just a, a different temperature, a hotness. It, it just... Feel into what that feels like for you when you're worrying, when you're worrying versus when it is your intuition. And you'll start to decipher that if it's something that's not clear to you. Another tool you can use is you can use a pendulum to sort of test for that. You can grab a pendulum, you can even use a necklace that's very balanced and ask a question. Like, is it in, and I like to use the words, is it in the best and highest good? Because then it takes away some of the, some of the static around the question, because there might be something that you want to do, and there might be something that is good for you, and those are two different things. So if I asked, is it in Bella's best and highest good to go to the cookie booth, then the pendulum would have circled in the direction of no. So you can practice with that if you haven't. That's a really useful tool. And like I said, you can just use a necklace that has like a heavy pendant at the end that's sort of balanced. And you can use that if you don't go out and buy one at your local shop. So that is helpful. 
and one way to get a little closer into your intuition. Another way is to notice where these things do come up for you, if it's in your dreams, if it's when you journal, and then go deeper into that. If you can journal and get intuitive thoughts written down on paper, then go with that. Or if you hear a voice, listen to that voice, decipher how it talks to you. So you get to know it as an act of self-love. Now to go a little deeper, this is getting a little bit more into the intuitive or even psychic realm. There are ways to hear your guides, to hear your guides talking to you. And you can get more comfortable with that. So you know it's it's your guides and it's not uh, just you talking to yourself or it's not you just making stuff up. So you can kind of play with this too. And this might be room for another podcast, another topic. Eventually, I think I'd like to do a course on this because it's fascinating and amazing. But just kind of as a quick overview, notice how you might hear your guides or where you have seen them pop up. Perhaps they have popped up in an animal that's shown itself to you, like a hummingbird, or in some numbers. You can always look numbers up and see what your guides are telling you in those numbers. They all have meanings. Um, You might hear words such as clairaudience. Clairaudience is that psychic hearing. You can hear the voice of the guides. That is what I, I hear. I hear your guides talking to me. Um, I also see images, which is clairvoyance. I can see. Um, And then, uh, yeah. So, you know, that's something else we can get into. But you can kind of look into where you are hearing them. Maybe it's something that you, you even hear them at night before you go to sleep. Or they come to you in your dreams. Or you um, maybe hear that in your shower. So it's something to kind of feel into. Um, If it feels a little bit uncomfortable at first, you know, it's worth just playing with and seeing what comes up, asking some questions and seeing what gets validated. Um, Even asking your guides to show you something out in the world, like show you a certain color that what what you're hearing or seeing is actually coming through from them. It's a very fun thing to play with because... It's a way of knowing that you are not alone. You are loved. You are cared for so deeply. You're a part of a soul family. And you can allow yourself to let in that love and compassion for you. You can allow yourself to show you self-love through your actions, through your choices, through how you talk to yourself. So that's my scoop on self-love and intuition. I hope you have enjoyed this and I will see you next time. If you liked it and you haven't done it yet, I would always be grateful for you to shower down some stars and a review. Thanks so much for listening. I wanted to let you all know that through the end of this month, if you are listening in the month of February, I have four spots left for a one-on-one laser coaching session with me. The session is 90 minutes and it is a deep dive, an intuitive deep dive into what may be blocking you, what is your highest purpose, and what is your path to get there 
in the current months. So instead of giving you a blueprint, a little background and a blueprint and a way to clear what is blocking you, what is standing in your way. Um, so just kind of giving this as a little special, um, I do have some spots left and you can do the 90 minute session for $97 or if you need to do installments, we can do four payments of $33. So I just want to throw that out there. If you are interested, you can just email me at stephzitocoach at gmail.com. Here's to your best life.